This is a Hoff Studios podcast. It's so fun to have you here, Ashley Albert. Hi. You're far, you're like very far away. I feel like Hi, Bob. Like, Hi. Hi. Well, you know, sometimes I do these things like over Zoom. I'm yeah. actually over, over Riverside FM. It's a very, it's a nice app. Yeah, woot woot. But um, <laughs> it's nice that I can like. To be in person and yeah. We've known each other like, I don't know if it's been that long, but it's been lifetimes because you reinvent yourself every how long? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think we've known each other maybe like 11 years. Yeah, 11 from the voiceover years. industry. Yeah, maybe longer. We, we met in a casting session and you're just a sparkly being. I think you were talking about the Jimmys at one point and, and also selling necklaces. Uh-huh, from the survival of the hippest, which is still going. I gave it to somebody else when I got too busy. Yeah, well. It still happens, yeah. Well, who are you and what do you do? Maybe we should start there. Huh. Who am I and who am, what, what do I are do? you today? That's the, that's the craziest thing about Ashley Albert is like you yeah. wear so many hats and I, you wear I them did, fabulously. I, um, I did a website, like I, I always owned AshleyAlbert.com and mm. never actually did a website because what do you need a website for? And then when I did the website, I was like, oh, this is kooky. This looks <laughs> like I'm making stuff up. We're just trying to make ends meet, like just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. But there's kind of a through line. I can vouch. To all this stuff. This, is a, this is a real deal person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I tell people on like the airplane, if I'm talking to someone, they definitely think I'm making stuff up. Like you start out with like, here's what I do. And then they're like, this girl's. Off. <laughs> She's not making any sense. Actually, when you you told me that eleven years ago, you were like, "I don't make a lot of sense. I'm just I follow an impulse until yeah. it's like really fun, and then I leave it when it's not fun anymore." Yeah. Well, I think through. I still. I mean, now I've obviously picked a couple of things that I can't leave when they're not fun anymore. But yeah, I think. Oh right. Yeah. In general, all of the things that I have done in my life have just been a result of just saying yes to something. Like my policy is if I can say yes to something, I will. Oh, interesting. And so almost everything that I have have achieved or gotten myself into, for better or worse, are because I said yes. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's how I ended up with the kids band. I have a rock band for kids. I have... Called the, the Jimmies. Called the Jimmies. We are marginally successful, but we still play on the radio, so we get um, fan mail. And I have this song called Do the Elephant that's about sneezing into your uh, arm. I know it well. familiar yeah. with Do the Elephant? Mm-hmm. And right when COVID hit, this like very famous kids band from Australia licensed the song, and they did the most terrible. I hope nobody's listening. It is like, it really was like, this is what you get for selling out to the man because it was terrible. You know, when you do the, the Australian thing, man, you like, you do it with your arm and the person who was singing it was using her non-dominant arm. She could not do the elephant. She Ugh. just couldn't, just couldn't do the elephant. But did she pay well? She, well, it, it has millions and millions of views. Good song. So it's, yeah, there you go. But it's a terrible rendition, but I get royalties mm-hmm. from it. So so there's Good that. Good luck to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I bet like Jimi Hendrix feels that way about some of the <laughs> remakes of his songs. Yeah. You know, he's like, hello, but he gets money for it. He's also not alive he's anymore. He's not alive. 
<laughs> right, so he doesn't care. He doesn't. But, yeah, somebody does. I, I just um, called you Jim, the Jimi Hendrix of... Of of Jimmy of, of the Jimmy music. music I like music. it yeah yeah just to be clear like the elephant is when you sneeze into your arm this is a teaching device yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> it happens to be cleverly done yeah yeah it's I one mean, of our only like truly edu- like overtly educational songs but it's very popular on the on the interwebs. As it should be. Yeah. I'm so glad you're still getting paid for that. Well, that's just like one of the things you do. That's true. You uh, also are the head honcho at the Matzah Project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those yummy treats, the, the, they're really great crackers. You can find them at Whole Foods. I get them at Shelsky's. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's, that's, a, my, that's a classic spot for them. Yeah. Yeah. Lots Jet of Blue. little shops. Oh, yeah. JetBlue. That was really exciting to get onto JetBlue. I mean, how you thought of making matzah accessible to the masses all... Literally, never know. I, I find matzah to be very constipating, <laughs> but these are not. No, they're you just like crackers. They're long. just like good, plain, neutral. Put anything on them. Crackers in with there. like a really fabulous old lady, yeah. as the spokesperson. And we do like matzo ball soup and you know mm. other things that aren't just matzo. matzo. Yeah, matzo for like all year round. Yeah, for all what, types of people. Yeah, that's I the mean. whole. Like we're taking on pita chips and saltines and water crackers. Mm, I see you. Yeah. But not Ritz, because I don't no, know if Ritz you could ever compare. buttery and, and flaky. flaky, different thing. When I was a kid, I, um, when I was a kid, I had a whole racket going where I would heat up Ritz crackers in my Betty Crocker oven, mm. and I would charge a quarter, and everybody from the neighborhood would come to my like window, and I would sell them like a single hot Ritz cracker, like it was gold. It was like Ashley's special crackers. They had no idea that it was literally just like a heated up Ritz cracker. I need you to know that this story <laughs> really like makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like it is, for like, the trajectory of your, the rest of your life, you're like, I know how to sell things to, that people want. <laughs> yeah. I like, for whatever reason, you got that brain. Um and now they were delicious. They are Ritz crackers are delicious, which is why we don't compete with them. No, we don't no, try. We just we don't, we don't try. try. Let them have their own thing. Um, and then you have your shuffleboard club. Yeah. Which, which we've been talking about this event. We've been talking about it all day and night. This is where we should have it. The <laughs> shuffleboard club in Brooklyn. How's yeah, that going? The Royal Palms. It's going great. It's um, it's not my. You know, it. I'm really good at having an idea and manifesting that idea. Mm. But once that idea has come to be, then it's got to be somebody else's thing. I I have Mm -hmm. learned that I am not the day-to-day follow-through person. I'm the like, make it and then walk on to the next thing. Mm. And um, so I, but, you know, it's such a big business that there isn't a ton of, I have to stay a mm-hmm. little bit. I, I've less and less as the years go on. But we have one in Chicago, mm. and we have one here, and um, and maybe we'll be making another. Oh, that's couple. cool. Yeah, I hope so. I see. I see Miami in your future. I'm from Miami. Oh well, there you go. I, feel I like see Miami in it. your path. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like opening. It's Florida themed, so I feel like oh. opening a Florida themed club in Florida. Like, they don't need us there. Right. They, you know, they need Florida. us in Chicago right. where it's wintry and cold and Midwestern and it's a novelty. Whereas in Florida, they've got outdoor shuffleboard. They don't need our shuffleboard courts in Florida. This is why you do what you do. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ashley, can we celebrate? You're ranked the 10th best female shuffleboard player in the world. Oh, is that true? 
That is true, but I'm not actually a particularly good player. It's just that I'm very good under pressure. And the people who I'm playing are like in their 80s. These women are in their 80s. They practice like six dissing? hours Why a day. Why are you dissing these women? Well, here, no, here's Nine the thing. of them are better Not, than you. No, they're boo. definitely better than me. They're all better than me. So much so that if I get even the tiniest, slight, slight tiny little lead, they panic because they're like, oh my God, is this like twerp gonna beat me? Like there's no way. So they start to panic mm. and then they just, I just play dumb. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I gonna beat you? This is crazy. And then they just they beat themselves. Like they just panic, and I have so much less to lose than they do. Mm. And that's how I that's how I move up in the ranks. Plus, they are a little bit older, so I could be the ninth best player by the end of the day. Oh, just oh. just not doing anything. Oh, just great. hanging out. Oh, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> she's she's such a high achiever. <laughs> Uh, but uh, by the end of this interview, you're at eight. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, who knows? Um, well, have we covered all of your professional um, um, accolades? I don't think so. No. Not yet. I don't think we ever could. <laughs> but here's the real reason why you're here is um, because you adopted a beautiful 13-year-old boy. Was he 13 when you... He was... I met him when he was 11. I brought him back this past... February when he was 12 and he turned 13 in August. What's so now this? he's a teen. That was like a full-fledged angsty teen. Mm, he was 13. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah. It's hard to know how much of his angst is trauma and just hmm. teen. Hmm. But it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of angst. It's a lot of angst. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were talking, and I'd love for you to like walk us through what that's what um, what the adoption process is like. Yeah. Because I'm sure there are people who are listening in who are interested in um, me for starters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I very much like am career driven and like very very okay with if that's like how it shakes out for me. If I even go that yeah. any sort of motherhood route, so I am particularly interested to hear. Okay, yeah. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't have a plan to really have kids either. Even when I was little, I didn't dream of getting married or having kids. I always was like, I'm going to have a career. Like I really, even as when I was selling those Ritz crackers, I I knew. I saw the path and I was like, did not really see a person, a partner and a family in my future. Also because I grew up like an only child, an only grandchild, parents were not, Parenty so much, so it was hard to envision something that wasn't how I defined life and home. Anyway, I think I when I when we hung out, I think it was what was that place in Union Square it was, cafeteria? It was, Is it still oh, open? No, it it closed, right? The Caf- place they have the best macaroni. It was and a cheese. cafeteria. Cafeteria is open. It's on Seventeenth and Seventh. The one no. that closed that's in uh, Union Square. It was like diner. Diner. I'm gonna find it. They only had models serving. Oh, coffee shop. Coffee, coffee shop. shop. And yes. Is it? Is it? No, no it's not, now it's a Chase Bank. Okay, so, well, yeah. ugh, RIP. I remember sitting down <laughs> with you, and you know, I had just booked the Nook, which was like I was the voice of the Nook, and I had, I was paying off my student loan, and it was like, wow, I'm really making it in the voiceover world. I'm gonna talk to this, you know, veteran. I don't know how long were you in the. It was my full time job for like 
almost 30 years. Oh my gosh, amazing. Yeah. So we had a really, we had a really good gig. And you sat me down and you're like, we have a really good gig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you were just like, and I get to, I get to use all this money I make and invest it in creative projects. There was never any talk about family no. or children. And I think that's pretty common in our industry. Like, yeah. I don't think it's like that kid focused, but when I saw years later that you were in the process of adopting, I was so moved because I, I also was just, I just didn't see that as something you wanted me and whatever neither. you want, you get, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, no, me neither. It really was not a plan. It was not like a year ago. Well, maybe not a year, a year and a half ago, it was not a twinkle in my eye. Hmm. Truly. I um The way that it happened was I, well, first, I, I'll predicate it by saying that I was down in Miami. My mom was in the hospital. And I, like I said, I'm an only child, an only grandchild. I really, you know, I was sitting there in the hospital with my laptop thinking, huh, when my parents go, that will be it. Like, the, there is no one else. Like, it's just me. Like, hmm, that's stark. And um, just at that moment, this woman... Um, Leah, who is a, was a big fan of the Matzah Project, <laughs> she contacted us once and she was like, I just have to meet you. I just think this is so smart and so fantastic. And she's this older woman. And when she comes into the city twice a year, I have lunch with her. Actually, at Le Pan Quotidian, the same place that you and I had that lunch that one time. No. Yes. Remember a we had that lunch? Diff- different lunch. We were oh, outside in so the back. Lunches. So many lunches. Anyway. I like Le Pan. Um, me too. The gazpacho is great. <laughs> anyway, she called and she said, I am involved in this program. And it's this program that brings over older kids from Colombia who are deemed unadoptable because they're no longer little and cute. So they bring over about 40 kids between the ages of 10 and 15, and they put them with hosts all around the country for five weeks in the summer or three weeks in the winter. And those hosts commit to trying to find them a family. Not necessarily, some people are like, renting with an option to buy. Some people are looking to actually adopt and some people every season bring a new kid and just like share them with their community and really try to find a family for them. And she said, some of these hosts have fallen through. This week is the last week for Columbia to get the paperwork put in and these kids think they're going. They've been told they're going and we have some hosts that have fallen through. Could you just go look? Go look on the website. See if you connect with any of the kids. It's just five weeks. You're so resourceful. You're really an adventure. I mean, if there's anyone who's fun, it's Ashley Albert. Yeah, so I was like, I'll go look. Ordinarily, I would have been like, okay, thanks for letting me know. I'll take a look. And then I would have flitted off to the next thing and completely forgotten about it. But because I was sitting in the hospital with my laptop with nothing else to do. I went onto the website and I saw this little guy's picture and I felt like I had seen him before. I was like, I know that kid. Like, have I, maybe I, am I on their mailing list? Maybe they have some like literature that he's on. Like, this is, I really feel like I know him. That little guy, like, I could take that little guy for five weeks. What's five weeks? You know, so I, when I decided to do that, you know, when you decide to do something, then all of a sudden it's an emergency situation. Like then I had four days to do 15 hours of online training and get 
three reference letters and two different kinds of fingerprints and, you know, all this paperwork together and birth certificates and essay questions and all of these things together. And I hustled and I did all this crazy stuff. I flew back up quickly to show the social worker my house because you have to do like a home study. I put like, you know, fire alarms in and all kinds of stuff. And then Did you not have fire alarms? I mean, I had fire alarms, but I think you need like one in each room. Like there was like carbon monoxide. You have to have like fire extinguishers in places, like safety stuff. And what's so weird is that, you know, you can have a baby. (laughs) I know, with none of that stuff. Oh, it's bonkers. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I think it's great that that you have these precautions. But but you would think there's one kid in Colombia who, they make it so difficult. You would think there's one child who everybody's clamoring for and not... Thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. Who thousands. Make, oh my gosh, so many. Yeah, so thousands of children thousands were and orphans? thousands. Yeah, yeah. In it's, this one particular uh, um, country, because in, they're in having Columbia. trouble in Colombia. I, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I think in in lots and lots mm. of places, there's lots and lots of kids, uh, hundreds and thousands of kids who need homes. But it's so strange because they really treat it like. Hmm, Maybe. <laughs> Tell us more. So anyway. I, well, and, and I think it's great on some level. I have another friend who like uh, went to Ghana to um, adopt her son. And she got stuck there for a whole year. <gasps> she has three other children what? in Minnesota. Why? What? Why? Paperwork? Just paperwork. Right. I mean, they lo- I, I, on some level, like they love these children and they don't want to hand them off. Sure. To anyone, but. Yeah. And that's Let me just tell you, Jenny's real nice. <laughs> She's real, real <laughs> yes. nice. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know about that. That, that. I mean, the paperwork process is ludicrous. Yeah. And there's, um, there, it's super invasive, too. It's like somebody told me, uh, another person in like the Facebook group, they had asked her if she was delivered vaginally or via C-section because they wanted to know what was wrong with her, that she had never been married. Yeah. Yeah. C-section. There you go. I don't know what the... But married and fine. You're fine. Everything's also, fine. Also, married isn't the marker of I fine. Believe me. Believe me. I know. Well, so that leads to the story, which is that I ran up. I showed the social worker my house the next morning. They called American me, social worker? American social worker. And they called me and they said, thank you so much for all of the you know, time and effort you put into this. We really appreciate it. We have found a two-parent family that's interested in taking him. And we really do give precedence to two-parent family. So, uh, and I was like, <laughs> this is Alejandro? This is Alejandro, yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, cool, cool. Like, I was just going to be for five weeks. Like, maybe this is, I, I would have had to find him a family. This is the family. We're just cutting out the middleman. Like... That that was the whole point. Like, uh, okay, I'm gonna just this was this is how it was supposed to be, and I'm gonna just keep perspective here. And then I went to bed that night, and in the middle of the night, I woke up and I wrote this impassioned letter about why I was a better choice for this kid than a two parent family, and how it was short sighted of them to think that he would be better with a two a two parent family. Three o'clock in the morning, I sent it off. I went to sleep. And by the time I woke up the next morning, there were like six emails from the different powers that be. And they were like, we had an emergency meeting with Columbia. We've decided to let him come to you. We've never had someone advocate so strongly for a child before. And then I was like, oh, no. 
Like, I don't know. What have I done? Right. Like, I don't know if I just wanted to win. I don't know. I have no idea what my motivation was except to prove that I was just as good as a two-parent family. But Which is also true. Which is true. But, like, now they definitely think that I'm adopting him because I just made it seem like what a better life he would have with me, not a better five weeks in the summer. And have I now taken him away from the one chance he had at actually having a family? And, oh, my God, what have I done? Wow. But he was kind of the stakes are so high. (laughs) Sometimes I hear stories about people who are like, I wanted to get pregnant, I wanted to get pregnant, I wanted to get pregnant, and they get pregnant, and they're like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, that's a forever deal. That's not like, here's this idea, let me hand it off for someone else to manage. Yeah. It's a forever situation, and that's someone's life, and that's your life. That's a, the stakes are so high. There is a, a movie, I don't remember the movie, but it said something like, having kids is like getting a tattoo on your face. You really have to want it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, you can't get that tattoo off your face. So, <laughs> well, Or if you did, it would really oh, hurt. Then, yeah, no good. Um, so he was coming. And I, did, I was like, okay, you know what? It's my, it's, I cannot live my life for somebody else. I can find, I'm not going to just keep this kid just because these people expect me to. I will find him a family. I'm resourceful. I don't have to keep him, but, you know, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Um, and they had told me before he came that he had a low IQ. And I only had these three pictures to work with. First of all, the picture I saw after I started getting into the process, they were like, oh, by the way, that was from when he was nine. Here he is at 11. And he was a totally different kid. Still adorable, but not the same little cute kid that was in the picture. Yeah. More like a, you know, preteen. But I had these three pictures and like a little tiny one paragraph bio to go on. And I just kept staring at the pictures and trying to, you know, glean some information about him. I was like, okay, okay. He's got on red Converse sneakers and striped socks. You don't, you don't pick that out of the pile unless you have a personality. That's a personality pick right there. I was like, okay, he's got, he's got friendship. No bracelet. bio, nothing. I mean, the bio was like this sweet, shy boy wins everyone over with his smile, likes Legos, basketball, and soccer. Meanwhile, when he got here, I was like, so soccer? And he's like, no. And I was like, basketball? And he was like, "Uh uh-uh. And I was like, Legos? And he was like, not really. Like they just put like whatever an eight-year-old or nine-year-old boy might want on there. It was totally inaccurate. But I was just looking at these pictures and I was looking at his eyes and I was like, I just, I don't think this guy has a low IQ. This, there's a lot going on. Behind those eyes. Yeah, I've seen pictures of him. And yeah. There's a lot going on. And so, like, three days before he came, they set up a Zoom call. Because all of the other kids had met their hosts before they became hosts. They do, like, a big kind of, like, speed dating Zoom at the beginning. And then the parents and the kids pick each other. And they have, like, you know, a breakout oh. room. I think only once or twice. But it's just sort of to get a sense of the kid before you bring him home. Since I skipped that whole process, all the other parents had had, or hosts had had like, you know, four or five months of planning for this. I had like a week. Um, so they were, they set up a Zoom call for us. And on the Zoom call, he was so scared. Mm. He just, the whole time he looked down, he never looked up at me and I'd be like, what's your favorite color? Si, senora. He, all he said was, si, sen- si senora. Si, senora. And I was like, oh, oh, I think I have put a whole story on this little guy. And, and just like ideated, just put this whole idea of who he is 
on him. And maybe he's just like a sweet, dumb kid. Mm. And this is going to be a real long summer. Mm-hmm. And Five weeks, just five weeks. But I was like, this is going to be a very long five weeks. And, oh gosh, I can't, I, this isn't the kid for me. Like, I can't keep this kid. This is not, I got to find a, a family for him. Um, and he arrived at 6 a.m. at JFK. And by 7.30, I had already sent a note to the agency, like, all right, send over the paperwork. Like, yeah, he's my kid, and he's exactly the kid that like I thought he was. Like your son? Yeah. Like, I just was like, so he came off the, he came out. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Laura's face. She's like, <laughs> I think that is so magical. I love things like that. Well, wait till you hear the rest of the story. Right, but so, I know. I mean, like, the love at first sight is really special. Yeah. But so he, he came out with, it, like, the gaggle of other kids and immediately broke off and beelined for me and just hugged me. No. And, yeah, and I was like, uh. Hello, sweet people. It's Daniela Rabani, the host of the Mom Curious podcast, just chiming in here to take a break and promote another podcast on this network. It's one of my favorites. It's called Evolved by Erica, and I happen to be on the podcast. So if you're interested in spirituality and want to know how it can tie into motherhood, listen to my episode coming out May 10th. That's Evolve by Erica. And you can listen to it wherever pods cast. The podcast is geared towards those who are seeking to find clarity in what they want, shift their mindset, elevate their vibration, and manifest. Erica Polsonelli is an energist, meditation teacher, and host of Evolve by Erica. And she started this podcast to have intimate and deep conversations with her growing community. All right, back to the show. Do you even like kids? Were you into kids? What? I've never seen Ashley with a child in my well, life. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I didn't grow up with any kids around at Except all. Except for the ones you were selling crackers to. Yeah, just the suckers I was selling crackers <laughs> to. Um, yeah, I was always super precocious. I was definitely not into kid stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a rock band for kids. Okay, so I'm a so kid sympathizer, to okay. be sure. Okay. Um, I definitely was like the person at the party that the kid, even if I'm not, I'm like a Pied Piper with kids. Like I could be sitting here having this conversation with you and just strange children will just start climbing on me. One time I was at a party and I was leaving the party. I hadn't even really talked to any of these kids, but they were sort of climbing on me while I was just chatting. And I went to leave and this little girl ran after me and she was like, little girl, little girl, I don't even know your name. I was like, what, you're going to like request a play date? Like what? <laughs> I was like in my like late 30s. Um, so kids, I think maybe because I'm short, they think you're short they're still a little confused fun. about like which side I'm playing, playing on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I do I like it. Turns out I'm no good with kids. <laughs> no good. Out, no, I'm terrible at it. But I because I am a kid, I think in a lot of mm. ways. So like I like I definitely was I'm living like a full on like situational comedy over at my house. It's, but you always have been. I mean, come on. You you yeah. do live like a pretty like you lived a bachelor life. Yeah. I say bachelor on purpose. For like, sure. Yeah. You know, like you've always bucked convention. You're not here to please anyone or anything. Not out of no. any like rebellion, but you're just like I can't do that and I'm not going <laughs> to do stuff I can't do. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and so, like, you know, I'm definitely eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner out if I'm eating at all. Otherwise, I'm just, like, having a cookies and a Snickers bar. I'm calling that dinner. dinner. And now I'm like, right, 
you need food right. oh, to, and to, for vegetables the for the child. I know. I feel yes. the same way, though. Like, I, I need you to know that. Oh, I feel the same way. Really? I don't know. I, yeah. Like, I think, you know, I don't eat like a normal person. <laughs> and like, I'm like trying to teach them. I don't feel like a normal person. I yeah. feel feelings so intensely. And I'm like, I'm supposed to like teach you how to self-regulate when I'm like, I don't know. I'm supposed to teach you how to sleep. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm totally out of my depth here. Okay. That, that makes me Oh, feel you're better. not alone. That I'm assuming there are people who are listening who are like, <gasps> you know, yeah. no, I'm totally out of my depth. Because right. I, I'm definitely, I've, I've only gotten a few really good parental nuggets, like good Mm. parental advice. I'm interested if you have any. One of the things I heard was be the adult you want your kid to grow up to be. And I'm like, yes, I love that. Nope. Don't do it like this. Whatever you're doing, this this is an example of what not to do. Yeah, I think that could be good advice if it resonates with you, but really... You're so cool. You're such a great, as you are, I just think like you've always listened to yourself and found what you're good at, what lights you up. You have like deep friendships and like you, who adopts a 13-year-old boy from Colombia <laughs> right. out of yeah. nowhere? Yeah. We need special people like that. Like we can't have, you are... A unicorn, and you always have been. <laughs> well, people before I adopted him were like, oh, "You are such a saint. You are an angel." And I was like, "No, no, no." And now I'm like, "No, I'm a saint. I'm, I'm an, an actual, angel." Yeah. Yes. Like it's really, really, really hard. It's really, hard. really, really yeah. hard. Parent parenthood is really hard. Parenting midway, starting right in the middle of the race, <laughs> quote unquote. This well, is not like right, a great metaphor, but that's hard. Like, have you ever heard? Do you know why elephants have a good memory? Do you no. know why people say that elephants have a good memory? It's because when they're little, they put like a very sharp piece of wire around their ankle and they put a big post in the ground. And so when the elephant tries to get away, it cuts up their ankle and they, and they learn if there's a post in the ground and something around my ankle, then I can't get away. So then when they're older and they can just have a little tiny soft rope and a little tiny peg in the ground, and they never test their limitations again to find out if they can, you know, they could just walk away very easily. I always said if I ever got a tattoo, that's what I would get, would be like a little peg with a broken rope. And I'm actually using this analogy in a totally different way, which is that when you have kids, I assume that they take your authority to be true. No? Oh, this is good to know. This is what I picture. I picture like he doesn't, if I'm like, you know what? Go to your room. He's like, nah. And I, he is no, he's not used, he doesn't have the muscle memory of listening to me. But also what you're talking about with a, an elephant yeah. is trauma. He was hurt <laughs> by yes. this rope and he doesn't want to be physically hurt again. Right. Um, and it actually is a great sign of secure attachment that he can assert himself as the 13-year-old boy that he is mm. to his mother, mm. actually. It's very frustrating. <gasps> it makes me want to... I'd like a little more trauma, skin. frankly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes me so upset when I'm not listened to. Yeah. Um, but it's not a problem with them, and it's not a problem with the relationship, uh. and it's not a problem with me. 
it's a healthy sign yeah. that they can assert what they want and what they don't want. People keep telling me that. People keep telling me that it's great that he has these giant meltdowns and tantrums and that he feels safe, safe. enough. He could never do that in the orphanage. Right. No, totally. And that's the thing. I'm like, what did you get to, you know, he's so um, demanding and so like doesn't want to help and doesn't want to do it. And I'm like, really? Did you, you just got to hang around <laughs> at the orphanage and just whatever, you, you didn't have to take a shower if you didn't want to take a shower, you know, like whatever those things are, you just watch TV whenever you wanted 16 hours a day at yeah. the orphanage. That's how yeah. that worked out. Because he was there for seven years, you know, he was there a for a really time. long time. Um, but yeah, so it's, I'm... It's having it's it's good to hear, that yeah. that, but it's still frustrating because I would like a little bit more compliance, well, compliance. Maybe not compliance, or just but like maybe not defiance, or like there's yeah. so much defiance yeah. and so much boundary pushing, and so like everything is a power struggle. Yeah, and I totally recognize that. The only time he really does what I want him to do is when I act like I don't care That's right. either way. But it's so hard to remember to yeah. not care. And the other thing is when we, we do talk about muscle memory is that like, you know, I talk a lot about respectful parenting from the moment a child is born. So I'm going to pick you up now. I'm going to give you something to eat uh, now. I'm going to change your diaper now. And uh, this is how you're feeling. And it's mostly, of course, they're they're there. They're aware. They're that's their body, and that. Right. But it's a lot of practice for the mother. Yeah. For the father. For the caregiver. Yeah. To practice not being listened to or riding out a tantrum. Because when you have a newborn in your hands, you're like, wow, that's a really big feeling. And now I'm having a really big feeling. And it's a lot of practice. Yeah. It's not as shocking. It's shocking to the system when you have the newborn, which is what you essentially have in your personal experience, not in his body, but in your personal experience. This is a newborn self. Yeah. This is a newborn family. This is a newborn baby for you. But the muscle memory for you is you have a lot of catching up that you're doing all at once. And I have every every confidence that you're acing it currently nope. and, and that acing it is not, <laughs> is not a possibility actually. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever it is, but... Um, 13 years is a long time for both of you to catch up to this experience. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I mean, it, and that's the thing. And there's a lot of emotional stunting that needs to get like, like fast forward to. And for on me, both, on, yeah. For both of you, for the dog, for the apartment <laughs> itself, you know, for every, for, for all, there's a lot of fast forwarding happening. So like all those tantrums. That you have more empathy for, I would think, or at least and you know when they're an infant that you're it's like, developmentally appropriate, right? And it might not be developmentally appropriate, but we understand why, right? I totally understand it on a cerebral level, but when we're in the thick of it, especially because he's now bigger than me, he's still not stronger than me, but he's <laughs> almost right. stronger than me, and he can be super volatile. We, mm. I have a, I pay him now for good behavior. Good, great. We have like. He can make up to a dollar a day, and I have it split up into quarters. I just love your business savvy. Can we just like go back to the Ritz crackers? Like it is always at, at coming that, back. Yeah, I mean coming back to what we're good at. I'm just yeah. saying that like at that coffee shop, uh, they, you were like, I just like I just like like making money, and I like I like to know that like I have enough money to like enjoy the things I like to enjoy. And it's like you're so good at it. And you know what? If, if that's a motivating factor, and it keeps the yeah. piece, you know, 
and and it does teach them about financial savvy and uh, And also emotional regulation. Like, is this a big enough deal that I'm willing to lose my another quarter from the day? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And let's see how you did at the end of the week. Like, he has up to seven dollars he can get. And like last week, he got two dollars. Okay. So like that's not very good. Like that's two like seven. So it's four quarters a day f- times seven. That's twenty eight quarters he could get, and he ended up with six quarters, seven yeah. quarters, or yeah, four eight quarters, whatever it was. Not enough quarters. Com- yeah. Compared, it was a rough and, week. And he's and something that we always like to remind ourselves in these conversations is just that like he's not giving you a hard time. He is having a hard time. Yes. Yeah. And that is what you signed up for and that is why people say, well, you are a total angel. Right. So can we go back to when you were an angel and he um, oh. and so, you were like oh, right. and you okay. were like, no, 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 I'm not an angel. I'm just fun and like uh, it's right. only five weeks. So he came so he came and I was like, I'll take him. Can't believe he hugged you. Oh my God. Yeah I, See, I, so I have it on video like I immediately like burst into tears. And wow. he yeah and we just, I just knew, like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is my guy. And I have to say that even now, like, he drives me bonkers. And there's definitely more hard times than good times, mm. I think, at this point. Mm. But we're still super connected. Like, yeah. I think that he pushes my buttons the way, I've heard friends who have kids say, like, you know, they have one kid who's easy and one kid who, like, just pushes their buttons and knows and they get each other in a closer way than they do with the easy kid but that kid also so and that's he's he and I are definitely that for each other and he's always picking fights he wants to fight so he's he's always asking me for things that he knows the answer is gonna upset him you know he does stuff you know that that um well when you're in fight or flight which we would have to um, I don't know if we're going to get into his background or if that's okay, yeah. if that's okay, but um, uh, when when the nervous system is in fight or flight, the most pleasurable thing to do to access it's not a cuddle, it's mm. not chilling and do, doing you know work or play. It's fighting, yeah, or fleeing, right? Yes, this is and a nervous system response that is great information and totally. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really hard. Really hard. Really but hard. Yes. But well, that hard because it's like, oh my God, I'm gonna, it's like being in a, a, just a completely toxic, abusive <laughs> relationship. Well, right? but so we say like, that about toddlers all the time. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, good. That's, and that's what it's like. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it's like. Yeah. And I, I knew it was gonna be hard. Yeah. I definitely suffer from I can do that syndrome. I'm like, what? I can build you this couch. But you, you need can. this couch. I can build you this couch. And so and you have. Then I have. I built the couch. But I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to do alone. Right. And that part is really hard. And because when we're having those moments, there is no cavalry coming. There's nobody coming to change the energy, to bring some perspective to it, to go like, whoa, okay, you two, can we just cool it for a second and have some popsicles? Like, there's none of that. It's just fight, and we're just in the fight, mm. and there's only, it, until one of us flees, there's, it's just whew, mm. all the time, mm. you know, eight times a day. Mm. It's like huge, huge blowouts yeah. all the time, mm. which is super stressful, and there's just no, there's just no other 
person. You have to be both the good guy and the bad guy. Yeah. And I find that I just have to be the bad guy so much more than mm. the good guy. So like, yeah, I'm fun. But I don't really get to be fun. I know. So you know, you're not the only one who experiences this, and I know that like this is a very particular situation. But I and I keep throwing back to you, like just just so you know, because when you're in the thick of it, I think we have this feeling of like I I'm a failure and I'm all alone, and this is oh my god, and you know, there's. If you want to follow her, she she's going to be a guest on the on the show. Her name is Libby Ward. She the diary of an honest mom, and she she comes from a traumatic background and is sort of rewriting the script for her family. But she's really fun. I'm really fun, and it's so bizarre to be so fun and then go home and be the bad guy. You're like I'm the fun one. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Crazy making, you're not alone. I am the fun. How fucking fun yeah, am the funnest. I? The funnest. And when I say that to my kids, or like I, I think I'm being funny. Like they're just like, huh? <laughs> Can I watch TV? You know, like. So it, well, I think you inherently think your mom is kind of like a, you know, like I, my mom also, yeah, like my <clears throat> my mom was like very funny and like, and I was just like, get like. Away, away from Right, me. right, away, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like when well, you're young. Then you get inter- older and you're like, oh, thanks for the personality. I appreciate <laughs> it. Well, the thing is that that's the individuation process. That is the thing. So the two becomes one for the joy of being, uh, the, the yeah, the one becomes two for the joy of being one again. That's what the Vedas say, right? Like you were one. And even in that embrace, you were one. Yeah. Oh. You were one. And the individuation process, I know I had this experience when a cranial sacral therapist told me this when I um, brought him, when I brought <laughs> Ness to him, I brought Ness to him when he was like, uh, I don't know, two months old and he did cranial sacral therapy around um, the birth and how hard it was for me to um, breastfeed, et cetera. And he said, you were one in that embrace, in that like honeymoon five week period, you were one. Uh you became two for the joy of becoming one of again, for mm-hmm. all of those moments of coming back to each other. But it really is the process of, um, and they say in the first year of life, actually, so you, you, you uh, hold the baby close to you and you're in that five-week incubation period where you're like, I'm with you. I'm, we're creating a secure attachment. I'm here for you. I'm the fun one. You can see that I'm the fun one. Yeah, yeah. This ha- it's like the time is truncated for you, right? And it really was only two weeks before. It was two uh, yeah, weeks. Yeah, the five weeks that we had was not like perfect, uh, joyful, fun five weeks. By, by the middle of the time, he was starting to have these tantrums. Right, because he had already bonded to you. Yeah. So the, the, the oneness was there, and it is the process of a child to turn their back on the mother and walk into the world. Yeah, yeah. That is the whole thing. It is for them to feel safe enough to, to turn their back on us and to go. Yeah. And it's a process that happens... All day, every day. And when you're having those meltdowns, it's like those, it's that individuation process where it's like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. And 
I, my so. five-year-old says that to me. And I'm like, you have 13 <laughs> more years. Yeah. Before I'm, like, I'm going to stop telling you what to do. I'm still going to tell you what to do then. But I, I also um, try to be less fun because he's super, has tons of social anxiety. He obviously lived with like 30 boys in a tiny house for seven years. He doesn't want to make friends. He doesn't want to go out or do anything. He just wants to like hang out with me all of the time. Which would make sense. Right. And when he first came, like he was never not touching me, never like that more than three feet away from me. He still likes, you know, was like outside the bathroom door when I'm in the bathroom. Like he really is like, just follows me around. Um, but I need him to go. Like I cannot be his friend. Like it's that good guy, bad, good cop, bad cop thing. So like when we're somewhere and he doesn't want to like deal with the kids and he just wants to hang out with me, I don't. I purposefully am not like okay. I'll play with you. Like nope. I'm I'm going to be here talking to the yeah. parents yeah. and this. I'm going to make this not as much fun or even like being home from school. Like he didn't want to go to school at first. He just wanted to hang out with me. And I was like, okay, you can hang out with me. I'm going to be working and I'm not going to be playing with you. Yeah, but that is the, that is the experience. Yeah. I mean, with, without having... Um, uh, it feels mean. It does do. feel mean. And we do this to toddlers all the time. We try to encourage their independence because we have to get our needs met. Mm-hmm. Mo- mothers have to get their needs met. Like if you keep... Um, over giving and not having boundaries, resentment builds. Mm-hmm. Resentment yeah. of your own child. And it's uncomfortable. It's a terrible feeling. Um, resentment and burnout. You, you can't actually care for this person if you're not setting boundaries. That's uncomfortable. And you have to live in the world. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. And the other thing that um, that develops in a in a young child is something called object permanence. Mm-hmm. And they know mommy's there even if I don't see her mm-hmm. behind the bathroom door. Right. Right. That's something that his brain hasn't grasped yet mm-hmm. because mommy wasn't there. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's tough to have to make up for somebody else's mistakes. Big fucking mistakes. And I have also all kinds of generational trauma that like is like, ooh, I don't want to bring this to him. Um, but yeah, t- you know, I get, one of the things that I get super triggered by with him is that he constantly is like, you're going to be here to pick me up, right? right. Like 250, 250 on the dot. Two, if, if I'm 251, he's already like mad and or like walking right. away. And I'm like, dude, have I ever not been here to pick you up? Like I'm always here. Like, or when we leave the house, he's like, do you have the keys? You have the keys. And so he's, con- and I'm like, have I not proved to you that I am a capable, smart, reliable person? And because I had parents who weren't that way, and I know right. what it's like to be a kid That's who right. constantly That's is right. monitoring. Like, I had a mom who would forget me at the movie theater or at school and not pick me up for hours. And, like, I know what that is that he's doing, and it makes me so mad that, you're, that I'm not getting credit for not being I that know. parent. Well, here's the thing, and, I was, and I'm so glad you brought us to this point, and I'm okay being a little late. Um, The thing is, when our children 
reach certain milestones, ages, behaviors, they're mirroring our own childhood mm-hmm. back at us. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask, like, why you think karmically or I don't know, whatever language you want to use, why you were brought to this experience? Because it seemed so out of nowhere yeah. that you have found each other. Yeah. And for me with my kids, right, like I have all this generational trauma and um, things to work out that I have been working out. And I don't know that those buttons would be pressed had I not had them. Yeah. I don't know that I could feel the spaciousness of like, oh, I, I feel better about that. I didn't even know I was holding that pain. Mm-hmm. But they highlighted it in me. Yeah. To me, it's. I think I just still have so much to work out, and I don't I haven't like made it a priority because it's like he's got to go to therapy. Like I got to find a therapist, but uh, first, like let's get him squared away first. So if you have a good therapist, I'm interested. I have a great therapist, and I have to say, she always says, once. Um, I mean, not once. It's not like you arrive, but the more the more regulated the the parent, the easier it is for them to co-regulate mm-hmm. with you. You know, the more you know that really you're doing such a great job, that really this is rather normal, that his his behaviors make sense, that your behaviors make sense, that you make sense, mm-hmm. that like the story tracks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the more your nervous system, he is necessarily, understandably in fight or flight. Just by way of just catching up the the audience, you know, uh, can we tell them that his his history? I mean, just you know, he's has every single member of his family has abandoned him over time. Um, he doesn't speak any English, and he also doesn't know how to read or write or do math. Mm-hmm. So he's really kind of like lost in the world. But he's also fantastically cute. <laughs> Which really is, is really good looking. Yeah. I'm, his love language is touch, and I'm like, please be gay, please be ah. gay, because I'm like, we're gonna have such problems if you're not gay for mm. sure. Like he's um. He's super cute, but he also wears a mask to school every day because he wants to hide behind the mask. A lot of a lot of kids do, and he's selectively mute. Like he's hilarious with me, and he sings and he's exuberant. And the minute he gets out into the world, he won't even say hello to somebody because he he lived in an unsafe environment for a long time. Yeah, he's really he's really understanding what safety is now. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. And you know, I I wonder like. If you have any perspective on on why you like why 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 this experience why you why like do you ever reflect on that? I mean, I can definitely see where there's healing to be done. Yeah, I can also see where you know my parents and I have a very fraught relationship, and he's a real know-it-all, even when he doesn't know it, and it drives me crazy. And now I see, and again, the same thing about like, are you going to be here and do you have the keys and all of these things? And I'm like, feel like, ooh, maybe I was very unlikable to my parents. Yeah, I have that experience also. Yeah, where I'm like, oh gosh, this is super annoying to have a kid who's constantly second-guessing you and constantly telling you, you know, he'll be like, it's that way. And I'll be like, I'm sorry. I've lived in New York for 30 years. (laughs) You've lived in New York for four months. Like, how, you really, you think it's, we go left instead of straight? Interesting. And he'll be like, whatever you say, okay. And I'll be like, 
I know where I'm going. You know, it, it, um, I definitely have a little bit more empathy for my parents yeah. because I'm like, yeah, this would have been hard. This would have been hard, <laughs> this would have been hard to do for me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just so much, so much to learn. And for me, one of the, I know we have to wrap it up, but. No, no, no. Don't, don't rush. Um, don't rush. A couple of years ago, I was in an Uber and it was right before the holidays and the guy said to me like, what are you doing for the holidays? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, are you married? And I was like, no. And he's like, kids? And I was like, no. And he's like, family? And I was like, uh-uh. And he was like, are you going to be friends? And I was like, probably not. And then I was like, oh. This was the holidays, like the, the like, Christmas? Like, yeah, like Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, Hanukkah, all that stuff. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, that's no good. Like, sure, I have friends that I could go be with as a guest, but I'm going home at the end of the night. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have an, and there isn't like a go-to friend or a go-to mm. family that I'm going to go spend the holiday with. I could find a place to go, but it isn't like, of course you're coming to us for the holidays. There wasn't, there's no place that I go. And I realized that the thing that I wanted more than a, a partner, more than anything else was to have a table of my own, mm. was to have a place that I belonged that no matter what. Because mm. it's true, huh? But you have, a, and now you have that place. You did it. <laughs> kind of. The- no, it's not kind of. It's tr- <laughs> it's hard. The reason why so many of us don't engage in this process is because it's hard, and it's okay that it's not for everyone. Yeah, it's not for everyone because this is hard, and it's still super isolating. Maybe more isolating than before because I don't really have like. In New York, most of my friends don't have kids. Oh, wow. Like all my friends who have kids have kind of, and the ones who, I, it is in some ways a good cheat though, I will say, because, you know, I'm going to be 50. Mm-hmm. And if someone had handed me an infant, I would be like hanging out with 32-year-old newlyweds. Like I kind of shoots and laddered it and like skipped. Turns out everybody that I know has kids that are this age. That's great. This is my plan. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's been great. But he doesn't want to hang out with any kids. So I don't get to have that. Yeah. Like, I don't get to take advantage of knowing anybody with kids anyway. Well, you do because you can talk to them as adults and say, like, is your kid doing this? And is your kid doing that? And, and it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Not everyone comes with Alejandra's um, family history, temperament, blah, 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 life. But a lot of these things are normal. I mean, a lot of yeah. these things are annoying but um <laughs> and they're they're just annoying yeah. And, yeah and the frustration is sometimes the frustration on top of annoyance is that i can't fix it cuz i'm bad at this i'm good at everything mm. else and i can't fix this and this this was a terrible idea <laughs> um that that can really fill our nervous system with dread. Yes, dread is a great word for it. Dread. And then we go back to the child like, I'm dreading this encounter. I'm afraid. That's why it's important to take care of yourself. Yeah. The dread thing is, because then it's like, ooh, I don't want to spend too much time with you because it's only going to be good for a little bit of time before we have a blow up. and, And that just feels like, chipping away and damaging our relationship. I'd rather spend less time with you and have it be 
as opposed to like, let's figure this out so that we can spend time together and have it not be so explosive. It really is an amazing thing that you've done. You're in the you're in the thick of it right now. I just wish that there was more support. Yeah. And I think like if there's a person out there who knows more support <laughs> or a person out there who wants to contact Ashley for support. I mean, she's real yeah. good at that. Um, but just because you know, what's interesting is that you come on here as an honest an honest woman saying like, "Hey, this is what it's like." Go do it. There are hundreds of thousands of yeah. orphans out there in the world. That's how we started this conversation. Hundreds of thousands, you said. Yep. Please go do it. You know, et cetera. I ha- I fell in love with this child who fell in love with me. Yeah. Like that. That this is a real thing and it's worth it. I have a table of my own, and it's friggin' hard. And we need yeah. support. We can't do it alone. My my secret dream is to find another parent. And get like a big giant house that has like two kitchens and two living rooms and, and then has like a shared middle space or a, or a building where we have like three apartments and we have one and they have one and then there's one in the middle. Like I really feel like some sort of co-living situation would be great. Well, if I know you the way I know you. The next time I see you in about a <laughs> I mean, year, yes, you're living I have in my, that situation. <laughs> yes, if there's anyone out there that would like to come live with me, I make great Rice Krispie treats. I know I have a, a dear friend who um, you know got a divorce and has um, a young son, and looked at me and said, "Do you know anyone who would want to take the spare room?" And I thought, "Oh, that's so." unusual or unconventional. Yeah. Lo and behold, she has this amazing roommate who's in her 60s and wow. they have a gorgeous family. Yeah. The three of them and the nanny and they, like when I say gorgeous, I like so inspiring and the yeah. impact they do in the world is incredible. So unconventional doesn't mean not possible as we know. Totally. And that, so that's my goal at the moment. That's sort of my next plan. I'm looking for that. Great. Person. Great. If you're that person, where can yeah. we contact you? Oh. Um, probably <laughs> you, on, my, on my website, probably. Your new website is ashleyalbert.com? Yeah. There's like an area there where I'm like, have an idea. I want to like get, get rich slow. Like, because I have all these ideas, but not enough time to do them all. So oh. I'm like, send me a note and, you know, I'll see if I can give you an idea to go off and do. So there's a place to send me a note. So you can send me a note there. Be like, my idea is that I would like to live with you and make Rice Krispie Treats. Uh, it's it really yeah it would be great it's really possible Emily and Regina are making it happen I'm pretty uh, sure <laughs> Ashley I, maybe Laura will move in well I would love that I love a good rice crispy treat but <laughs> it, it does bring back to like the thread which is common on this show which is community yeah. and that's exactly that's why we're doing community it. for mothers yeah all different sorts of mothers you know and it's it's just it's remarkable. Yeah, and I, I actually think, you know, I don't know how you, f- you have an interesting perspective on this, and, and then I know we, we will wrap it up. <laughs> but um, the divide between women who have children and women who do not, mm. like, we're just cutting off so much support on either end. Mm. What are we doing? 
Well, I think for me, I want that support and I don't have the band. Like people, people are like, let's go to lunch. And I'm like, oh my gosh, someone invited me to lunch. And then I don't follow up. Not because I really, really don't want to go to lunch because I really, really want to go to lunch. But like, who has the time to think about calling someone to go to lunch? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's just so, I think that that's where, and maybe I've just ideated make, having a partner and having that, like, I feel like I would be more fun if I had the partner because at least then I'd have a minute to go do the fun, like set up this tooth fairy situation or go get the fun stuff for the tradition to do the thing. But I'm like, I'm just making lunch for tomorrow and making sure he gets the tennis lessons. Yeah. 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 yeah partnership is important. Community is important. Uh, uh, another <clears throat> another mother um, who chose to be a single mother um, via sperm donor she lives with her um, parents. Wow. She came on and, and talked about that experience. We have to get community wherever we can. Yeah. A therapist is an important piece of community. The fact yeah. that you got yourself here is yeah. huge. You're in the very beginning stages of this thing. And I think we're really hitting on what you've always been very good at building community. You've always been very good at that. And I think it's actually no different. This venture is actually no different. Yeah. I think once he gets more comfortable being around other people yeah, and I settle into it and also he's going to be like, I feel like I have a very limited amount of time before he's too old for me to, where he starts looking somewhere else for those things. And I do have more time because he does not want to be sitting outside the bathroom yeah. door when, you know, he's going to want to be out and about and doing things. So I feel like I have just a little bit of time to set him on the right course um, and find find some relief for myself. I feel like that's kind of coming at some point down the yeah, line. Yeah, I think it really is. And I think you're doing an incredible job. And the fact that you are here to share about yeah. it is really special and means a lot to us. Well, thank you for having me. I feel like... I, I feel like if I told someone about it, I'd be like, don't do it. It's terrible. Please don't. But really, I, I, it's, totally, I'm, it's totally worth it. Like, this table is my table. Like, I think it's hard. I think it's hard in the way it, it is exactly right, the amount of hard that it is. Like, I think it's hard for people. Some people have kids, and they're just easy kids, and that's that. And some people have kids, and they're hard kids, and that's that. And I just happen to have a kid who's a challenge for me, but that doesn't mean that he's not my kid. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's like so much of that development is truncated into yeah. this very short period of, uh, period of time. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if we follow up with you. <laughs> if we do follow up with you when you have that roommate. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I would love to do a second episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah? Yeah, for okay, sure, cool. for sure. I can't wait. Um, I should say that Kids Save is the name of the organization that I used for um, that little the program that did the like five week hosting thing. If anybody mm-hmm. wants to do that, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so we'll much. We'll see you in about a year. Okay. I can't wait to find out if I survive. I will see you in a year. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna survive. You're gonna thrive. <laughs> I know you. I love you. Mwah. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Mom Curious Podcast. My name is Daniela Ravani. I am your host. And I would love to continue this conversation at Daniela Rabani on Instagram. And if you'd be so kind to rate and review 
share this podcast, I would be just really grateful. Catch you next time, every Tuesday on the Mom Curious Podcast, produced by Hoff Studios. You can find them at Hoff Studios on Instagram as well. All right, have a great day.